On this edition of the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast brought to you by Mr. Mack, we look at Utah's big game with Washington this weekend, examine the Pac-12 race and the implications not only from the game in Seattle, but from the USC-Oregon game in Los Angeles. It's a big weekend. That and more on the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast. This is the Utah alum and the ultimate heel of professional wrestling, the MK Bandit. And you are listening to the Deseret News Ute Insiders Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Deseret News Ute Insiders Podcast, brought to you by the good folks at Mr. Mac. I'm Dirk Facer, longtime Utah beat writer, with longtime colleague Jody Genesey and my son Austin Facer. Guys, welcome to the show. Yep. <laughs> good to have you here. Let's, uh, let's Glad to be here, Dirk. Let's jump right into this. The Utes jump back into the top ten. How good is this team, Jody? Man, they they're really good. They're I think they're a solid top ten team. It's not just one as, aspect that they're really good in too. That's that's what makes them a, a really good contender. I think because they're great on defense, an amazing defensive team, and they're really solid on offense as well. The one uh, question mark we have is their special teams, but they haven't needed the special teams that much right. because of their offense and their defense. No, I, I just think it's totally weird that like of all like the the things that a Kyle Whittingham led team is maybe not as great at it's their special teams but they're so good they can make up for it I think it's that's really kind of an interesting paradox that we were saying it really is because of the good punters and kickers that have come through and they really haven't needed it this year like you said Jody the offense has been efficient they've been taking care of the football they've been running clock off and uh, then the defense is just shutting people down and you know one thing Kyle Whittingham brought up this week was the defense hasn't been on the field for very many plays this year they're pretty well rested at this stage of the season. Yeah, I mean they've the the Utes have done such a good job of controlling the possession with their run game, and Tyler Huntley's been managing it. And their defense just comes out and just plays, puts the the smack down because they have all this energy. Yeah, you know when we were uh, driving in, we were looking at some of the stats. Obviously, and Utah leads the nation in rushing defense. I think they're 11th against the pass. Is this the best Utah defense ever? And they've had some good teams, if you remember. Even you go back to the Fiesta Bowl team with, uh, you know, Morgan Scally and Sione, and, and you talk about guys like Eric Weddle and that have come through the program, Nate Orchard. I mean, there's been some great defensive players. Is this the best defense ever? I mean, recency, we have a recency bias, of course. I, I looked into the uh, the media guide because I was curious. Right now, the Utes are giving up 10.3 points per game, and that is leads the Pac-12, but it's only the sixth best uh, points given up in Ute history. So, I mean, there were some previous Ute teams. You have to go all the way back to to 1964. You probably remember that team really well, Derek. That's the year of my birth, <laughs> my friend. Yeah. Uh, that team gave up only 6.18 points, uh, 1947, uh, 7.4 points. And uh, so right now, uh, the Utes are giving up 10.3 points. The last four games, they've been spectacular. I think because of how good their defensive line is, and it all starts up front. They have four, potentially four NFL guys up there. The weakness that we thought was going to be the weakness, the linebackers, they're doing an excellent job. And then you have that that backfield that's just terrific as well. Yeah, that Austin, do you think they're uh, doing so well because of the schedule? Did that help a little bit? But you know, one of the teams they shut down was Washington State. Yeah, I think the Washington State game is probably the most impressive performance on defense. But there probably is a case to be made that you know they're not playing necessarily the cream of the crop. Uh, it's kind of a, a down year across the board for the Pac-12, and the non-conference schedule wasn't exactly menacing. So I I, you, I think there is an, a case to be made that maybe the scheduling has 
a little bit to do with it, but let's not take any credit away. They're doing awesome things on defense. And you know, Jody, you take that hiccup away against USC, and who knows how good these numbers would be. They might be rivaling 1964. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you can't mess with that 64 team. Uh, But it's really, it's kind of put them in a place where they could have a a, a special season. And uh, you wrote about, you know, defense wins championships. Obviously, you need points to win games, uh, but their defense has put them in so many good positions. They didn't let Cal get past the 50-yard line, past the first drive. In fact, I don't think Cal got past the 41-yard line, past the the first drive of that game last Saturday. So, I mean, it's just, I enjoy, you know, we're supposed to be unbiased sports uh, journalists, but I go to these games looking forward to watching the Ute defense play. They're just that much fun. They just dominate up front, and and then uh, their backfield is just Jalen Johnson. It's really fun to watch him just cover those guys. He just gives them no space at all. And, you know, you know, one thing that I would encourage you fans to watch, first play or two of the game, watch Lecky Foto. Even if he doesn't sack the quarterback, he pops him pretty good and sends a <laughs> message. And that, you know, and I think uh, I think in the last couple of games, you know, Foto's got to the quarterback early and he hits you once and it's like a freight train. And I think the quarterbacks are playing on their heels the rest of the night. He reminds me of, of the Princess Bride. Yeah, you are the brute squad. He is an enormous human being, but he's also a terrific athlete. I oh, should be a guy that big shouldn't be able to move that well. It's in, it's insanity. Yeah, yeah, and he just the push that he gets and the the penetration. Even if he's not making a play on, you know, if he's not getting a sack or a tackle, he affects almost every play. He does. Then you got Bradley and I right next to him, and you know, it's, I mean, that's a that's one side of the line that would just be hell on earth to deal with if you're an offensive coordinator because you got those two guys coming and then obviously you know John Penasini and Amika and the other uh, guys on the line you know then they rotate fresh bodies in there I mean it's a great defensive line it's arguably like you said Jody with all the NFL guys probably the best defensive line Utah's ever had and that's saying something and then I I, I think we have it we've written and, and talked a lot about Francis Bernard and Devin Lloyd but I think they deserve a lot of credit as well I mean they're replacing two legends in the linebacker core and they have just been you know almost up to up to the same level as, as Chase Hansen, and and they just are doing an awesome job. Yeah, they miss Barton in that secondary, like you said, they're very talented. Jalen Johnson's an NFL guy, Julian Blackman. I mean, they've got some some studs back there, and uh, it's going to be fun to watch, guys. You know it's going to be interesting. I mean, Morgan Scally, this this defense is, you know, making waves, and obviously they're, they're not all the way through the season yet, so let's hold the horses a little bit, but Morgan Scally has got to be on some college program's radars as far as a head coach, you'd, you'd seem to think. Well, and I think there's a guy up in Ogden, a former Utah uh, player and coach, Jay Hill, that's also making a name for himself. I think the Wildcats moved up to number three in yeah. this week's poll, so looking good. Hey, talking about the rest of the season, this is the big game Saturday in Seattle. Utah-Washington, a game that's been circled on the calendar, uh, whether Kyle Whittingham will admit it or not, but the players do. But uh, <laughs> after losing that uh, Pac-12 championship game last year, I talked to Lecky Foto, as a matter of fact, yesterday, and he said this one's personal. The Utes want to get this win. It's, it extracts some measure of revenge. Do you buy that, even though Kyle Whittingham says different year, different team, different challenge? 
Oh, I absolutely buy it because <laughs> I talked to Samson Nakua. You were there as well, and he said the same exact thing. And his is actually really personal because his brother plays Puka plays for the Huskies. So, but as far like you go back to last year, the Huskies beat the Utes early in the season, and then they in you know the Pac-12 championship game beat them ten to three. So they have a lot to play for here, not just to continue their great season and, and stay in the race, but they've got some pride on the line. And Washington has a twelve and one record all time against Utah. So not a lot of success for the Utes. No, you know, it's funny. I'm talking to Britton Covey, he said this has become a rivalry, even though, you know, they say rivalries can't be lopsided. But this will be the sixth meeting between the Huskies and the Utes since 2015. So they've seen a lot of each other. They know each other. Uh, Utah also has a history with Chris Peterson when he was at Boise State and that. But Austin, is this the turning point? Is this the big game of the year? I mean, there's a lot of ramifications for Utah as far as college football playoff, national ranking, being the king of the hill in the Pac-12. Getting revenge. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a big game uh, because, you know, the youths are playing a Chris Peterson-led team, and everybody across the nation knows who Chris Peterson is and the level of commitment that he has. So I think this is a chance for the youths to really, you know, elevate their standing for sure. Does he have Utah's number? He's had success against him at Boise and at Washington. It seems like it, and the, that's the scary thing about this game is he's going to have an extra week to be prepared for the Utes because the Huskies are coming off of a bye week, and Chris Peterson is quite good coming off bye weeks too. So this is that to me. That's the the story of the game is how possibly well prepared the Huskies could be. Jody, the Huskies have lost three games already this year all in the Pac-12. They obviously had huge graduation losses from last year and fair to say they're not the same team they were a year ago, but playing them up in Seattle is going to be a challenge anyway. Yeah, that's a tough environment environment to play at. Uh, yeah, the, Washington's been ranked number one in defense, in, in both total defense and scoring defense in the Pac-12 the last four years. The Utes obviously are on the perch right now, so Washington's defense isn't quite as uh, robust and stout as it's been in the in the past few years, but it's still a, kind of a middle of the Pac-12 defense, so I think that's where the, the Utes can maybe uh, gain some ground, be where they haven't been able to before. Their rushing tack is the best in the Pac-12. I, I think that's the area where the Utes can exploit this weekend. So I, I we, we don't know exactly where Tyler Huntley is uh, health-wise, so I expect Zach Moss and the other Ute running backs to really try to uh, attack the Huskies there. Now, let the record show that uh, the Huskies do lead the Pac-12 in net punting. Mm. Oh, that could be a variable. I doubt it, <laughs> but uh, I like Dirk and I were walking through the uh, the Ute football center yesterday. I can't remember what it's called. You know what it's called, Dirk? But they had the three punting trophies. The Ray guy. Right. It looked like the Rockets. The it did. It, <laughs> I don't think they'll be adding a fourth one this year. But you know, maybe in years to come, Ben Lennon will get on there. You know, he's just a freshman and he's got a lot of promise and on that Australian pipeline. So there'll be maybe more. But it is kind of fun to look at the, the Rockettes as you walk out the door of the football center. But but kudos to the Huskies. If you're going to be good at something, I guess that's... Yeah. And the Utes hope that they see a lot of their punter this this Saturday. That would be best case scenario. Austin, what do you think they, they, they can exploit? Obviously, one of the things that Utah gets a lot of credit for is the time of possession. The offense has kept the ball, what, 35 minutes and 16 seconds on average per game. Second best in the nation. First in the Pac-12. Washington, on the other hand, is 63rd in the nation, holding the ball for about 30 minutes. 
How crucial is it going to be for Tyler Huntley and the guys to keep Washington's defense on the field and their offense off the field? Well, we talked about it earlier, We how well-rested the Utah defense is. And I think, you know, if they can continue to be full of energy and, you know, really springy when they hit the hit the field, that's going to be huge for them. So Tyler Huntley being able to control the ball and being able to control the, the pace of the game is going to really help it's amazing how much that helps the defense. That's what that's what team football is, and I think that's going to be a huge thing for the Utes in this game. And Jody Washington's got a good quarterback, uh, transfer Easton. He can throw the ball, and that. Is the secondary going to get challenged, or is it all going to come down to whether he's going to have time to look for receivers with Bradley and I and Lucky Foto and the guys coming right at him? Yeah, I, I expect Morgan Scally to have uh, put some blitz packages in there and keep the pressure. I mean, they're getting pressure just from the front four, but I expect them to keep the pressure on him because they're definitely a better passing team than rushing teams so I, I think that'll be the key but the way Jalen Johnson and the guys in the backfield have been playing in the secondary I, they're up to that challenge if if they do get targeted yeah you know guys like Terrell Burgess are stepping up I mean they, they've got just about everybody on that defense you can make a case for is having a great year yeah Julian Blackman's playing well you just reel off the names um, let's talk about other Pac-12 games now Fox has a, a great doubleheader uh, before the Utah-Washington game I think the USC-Oregon game is going to be on obvious implications for Utah on both ends because obviously they need USC to lose a game get a game in hand just because they own the tiebreaker over the Utah then there's Oregon uh, that you know is battling Utah in the rankings right now, and that would be a team Utah could leapfrog over. How important uh, is are the game Saturday, and is that game in Los Angeles, Austin? Is that something the Utes are going to keep an eye on, or do you think Whittingham's oh, going to say, let's focus on business at hand, and we'll worry about that? Well, that's definitely what he'll say, but I'm, I'm sure he'll be worried about what's going on in L.A. because, like you said, there are tons of implications. You know, I think the Utes are probably going to be cheering for Oregon in that game, obviously, so they could get the tiebreaker or be back in level footing with the Trojans. And I think they're going to learn a lot about the the Ducks, too, because Kyle Whittingham loves looking at common opponents, all that. And I think the Ducks are a team that the Utes could potentially end up playing in the Pac-12 championship game. I think there's just tons that they can learn from this game, and I'm sure they'll be watching it very closely. Let's put all the heat on Jody now and have Jody make a few predictions. How do you think, <laughs> think things will turn out in Los Angeles? I Boy, Oregon has, has a knack of pulling out tight games. And I expect it to be a tight game, but I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon pulls that game off. And USC's struggled against Colorado. I mean, I don't know if you I was that was a fun night Friday night I was watching going back and forth between the Jazz game and the, the USC Colorado game and Right, that was a wild game. I, I know you fans were so disappointed because Colorado was leading the whole game. Colorado's never helpful <laughs> ever. <laughs> exactly. And that's a good rival, I guess, just to to screw you over when when you need their help. I, I think Oregon is going to is going to win that game. USC just looked a little bit too shaky for me. Uh, this begins a, an interesting schedule for you. USC, they've got a tough end of the season. They still have to play Arizona State. They still have to play UCLA. And you, the Bruins are playing better. Uh, Cal doesn't look to be much of a challenge. Right. But, uh, yeah, if Oregon beats USC, I think the Utes are sitting pretty. Awesome. Obviously, there's a lot of teams, Jody just said, they're very unpredictable. Do you think this thing's literally going to come down to the last week before everything's settled, or do you think we're going to learn a lot this Saturday? Because obviously, if USC loses, Utah seizes control of the division again. If Oregon loses, then Utah and Utah wins. Utah might jump ahead and be the highest ranked team in the conference. How do you think things will work out? Uh, I'm a I'm an agent of chaos in this one. I think uh, I think there's the possibility that things will go really well going as as 
as far as being advantageous for the Utes, but it's not going to happen. It's going to be wild. It's going to be unpredictable. You know, I, I actually think that uh, that a USC is going to win just to throw that monkey wrench in and make things even more difficult. So just the way the Pac-12 is, I think that it's going to be a lot of cannibalism going forward. And yeah, I do think it'll ultimately come down to the last week. Just because it's fun. Yeah. Fun fact uh, about Austin, his Marvel nickname is Agent of Chaos. That's true. That's true. <laughs> or it should be if it's not. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'll show my age. What's Marvel? Okay, we'll stop right there. <laughs> DC um, Comics. Let's you like, move on. You like yeah, Wonder Woman. <laughs> You mean like underdog? And I, was watching, the I was watching those Andy Griffith's show the other day on TV, and my kids were like, what is that? Where's what did the you, What did you say? The Andy Griffith show. Oh, I thought you said Griffin. I was going to correct you. Griffith, you got it right. Right. Boy, that Ron Howard could act back in the day, couldn't he? Oh, yeah. And he had Good hair and everything. Yeah. yeah. I think Ron Howard's in the studio with us. This is crazy. <laughs> He is uh, there he is. <laughs> Richie is a, a, a quasi-Ron Howard lookalike. I think Richie's uh, new bride will say he's much better looking, though. Although Ron Howard probably has a much better checkbook, I'm guessing. Um, hey, let's move on to Tyler Huntley. Jody, you and I were kind of waiting him out after practice yesterday, and he won. He never showed up, and <laughs> we left... Uh, Tyler Tyler Huntley's health, how big of a concern do you think it is, Jody? Because at the press conference, Kyle said it was beneficial that he got some action this week so he wouldn't have, you know, sat for a week. But he also got the second half off so he can rest and heal up. I mean, the the guy's a warrior and he wants to play. He said he was going to play and he did. I don't see him uh, missing this big game at all, do you? Yeah, last week (laughs) I was listening in on your conversation with him when he said he's going to play. So I think the Ute coaches might have ushered him out of the... uh, locker room yesterday. We don't want you ruining the uh, surprise. Because, I mean, it is advantageous for uh, the Utes, for the Huskies not to know whether it's going to be Tyler Huntley or Jason Shelley. And so, right. But I think Tyler will play. It was good that he was able to get the second half off because he was hobbling around. On, you know, wasn't able to put full weight on his uh, his leg. And so... He wasn't a threat to run at all, really. Right. And, and you see Jason Shelley just comes in and he is just so quick. He's not as good of a passer. Tyler is having a phenomenal pass is so accurate this year. It's just, uh, and he's such a good leader. So the Utes will miss out if he's not able to be full hundred uh, percent. But Jason Shelley is. A, I mean, he finished the season last year and played well. So in the Pac-12 championship against the Huskies, yeah, he played pretty right. well. Yeah, so. well, he threw the game-winning touchdown oh, in a way. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> if you remember, ten to three was the score last year, and the only touchdown was a pick six. So that bounced off about eight body parts. It seemed like. That was right. kind of fooky thing. But, you know, if you think about it, Jason Shelley's a backup quarterback with on his resume. You know, he started some must-win games for Utah to win the South last year, Colorado and such, and then started the Pac-12 championship game, only Utah quarterback to ever do so, started the Pac-12 championship game. And then he started the Holiday Bowl. I mean, he's not uh, a guy that you would think, if he does see extended action, would be that intimidated up in Seattle. Um, but... This is Tyler Huntley's show. He'll be there. Austin, if he's not 100%, how does that impact the Utes? Because, you know, I know he's a threat to run the ball, but they have Zach Moss. And the question is, can the O-line protect Tyler Huntley and keep him from re-aggravating or extending that injury? Well, it, just to give a shout-out to I, – I work at 1280 The Zone. One of my coworkers, Hans Olsen, there has a really good film study about how well Tyler is making decisions and how his injury might be impacting that. Or uh, Hans has this video on his Twitter right now where it shows uh, Tyler taking a bad snap, and whereas, like in other situations, he'd probably try to scramble and improvise on that. 
maybe the fact that he maybe has his ankle tweaked a little bit or whatever the injury might be, he's keeping himself in the pocket and making good decisions throwing the ball. So I think, is it weird to say that the injury is helping him build more of an NFL resume by being more of a pocket passer? Yeah, it is weird to say that, but... I don't know. He's 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 making great decisions, and I think regardless of his health, he's going to be able to make a really big impact. Well, I think Andy Ludwig, Ludwig deserves some credit for that as well, sure. coming in. And, and Kyle Whittingham's talked about how those two just mesh, and, and they've got along so well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and that play you're talking about, I believe it was when he dumped it off to Zach Moss, and, yeah. and Zach took off and, and had a huge play for the Utes. Um, I, I think the underrated aspect of this Ute team is their offensive line. Uh, they have done so well. Uh, Z- uh, Tyler's only been sacked five times this year. They're giving him great protection. They're opening huge holes for Zach Moss. And Zach Moss is like, he showed us the other day that he has like reverse, like that one play where oh, he nice. stopped on a yeah. dime and stepped back and then did this fancy little juke move and, and made the defender look silly and, and then pranced into the end zone for a touchdown. That combination with an offensive line that gives your quarterback the time that he needs to uh, engineer the offense and open up holes for a, a really terrific running back, thats you can't ask for any more. And I think that's a, a pleasant surprise because the Utes replaced so many offensive linemen this season. Yeah, and you know, they had injuries and such that they battled through. So they've really done a good job. And I think it's going to be... Uh it's going to be interesting. Do you, do you buy any fact that maybe the playbook will be smaller this weekend just because Tyler Huntley maybe isn't 100% and isn't the threat to run the ball? Because I don't really buy into that because I think it all comes down to execution. I I think it might be opened up a little bit because you might see a little bit more of Jason Shelley. Also, what do you think? You think uh, I think it will seem that way just because of the, the decisions that Tyler Huntley will make. So. Right now at Mr. Max, suit separates are on sale. Choose between regular fit or slim fit styles with coats from 36 to 66, pants from 30 to size 60, all kinds of colors and patterns to choose from. We're going to make you look good. Right now you can get the suit separate for just $249. That's the top and bottom, $249. And as always, you get free lifetime tailoring on your suits that you buy at Mr. Mac. Come into one of our nine Utah locations. Let us help you look your best. Suit up at Mr. Mac. All right. Hey, I think I hear Tom Barberi. I think it's time for Jody in Utah by Five. I'm Tom Barberi, and it's time for Utah by Five. Thanks, Tom. This week in our Utah by Five, we have five interesting and completely random things we've learned about members of the Utah football team this fall. First off, Kyle Whittingham. We learned in a press conference a couple weeks ago, he loves Gilligan's Island. <laughs> he said, "Especially <laughs> Lovey, yeah. especially Lovey." Uh, and I actually was watching uh, Gilligan's Island the other day, and I have to agree with Kyle because he said that the Mrs. Howell is younger looking than he remembered her being back when he was younger. And I think the older you get, you're like, "Wow, she's kind of in my age range." But Kyle's age range, not mine. Uh, I'm still a Marianne fan. Number two, Lucky Foto. Ditto. <laughs> Who? <laughs> oh, that hurts. Lucky Fotu wears lime green Crocs almost everywhere he goes. Obviously, if he could, he would wear them on the football field, too. But I thought I did a feature on him a couple weeks ago, and that was one of my favorite things I learned about him. And he said, if you see me walking around, you can see it from miles away. I wear those green ones. A girl gave him some green ones after he wore out some black Crocs, and everybody on the football team makes fun of him. 
They can. We probably can't because uh, they're they're also big dudes. He says, said, I'm not really a dress-up guy, shorts and Crocs. I love Crocs. They're comfy. So I think that's going to be his first uh, his first endorsement will be with Crocs. You know, I got, I was going to interject really quick. You know, when Austin was little, and I think this was the 04 team and the 08 team, it was around Christmas time, and we saw a big ute uh, wearing shorts and sandals. And At the Crossroads Mall. Yeah, I remember this. Was yeah. that Sione? Or? I think it was, yeah. My East High guy. <laughs> I loved what one of the uh, readers left a comment on my story, and he said, when you see Lecky Foto wearing those green rocks, it looks like a mountain with the grass at the bottom. So, <laughs> Very little grass. Yeah. <laughs> so, number three, John Penasini's favorite hobby. This is not surprising, but it's eating. Uh, he admitted that sometimes he'll go to McDonald's with, coincidentally, Lecky, and sometimes they'll order 10 breakfast burritos, he will eat two plain McDoubles. He puts Mac sauce on those. He'll eat two McChicken sandwiches with extra mayo, four hash browns, two sausage burritos, and a large order of fries in one sitting. That's my kind of man. I'm with you. Yikes. <laughs> uh, number f- and that's uh, Penasini said, that's why I'm pretty fat right now. <laughs> he is a large dude. I would not call him fat, but he, he can move around as well. He is a stout human being, though. Uh, number four, we just uh, listened to Samson or talked to Samson Nakua this week at practice. I was fascinated. He said that he turned his phone off like two months before the season started, and he does not have a, a phone all throughout the season. He has a dog, and he just goes home and, and goes and runs and plays with his dog for an hour or two after practice. And he had to borrow a teammate's phone to call his brother up at Washington to, you know, see how he's going and do some pregame trash talking. I mean, that's how many, you know, young adults or adults at all could go without a phone? Not me. Definitely not. Wow. I think Samson needs a girlfriend. <laughs> just, that's an opinion from an old man. Okay. Well, he's not going to get one on Tinder, that's for sure, without a phone. <laughs> and finally, uh, Jalen Dixon. I don't know if you saw this on the social media, but he does an impressive impersonation of the hero girl from Polar Express. He has some small little dreadlocks, and he uh, it, very good natured video. He kind of makes this self effacing humor. He. Uh, made himself look in the same uh, same pose as the hero girl in a, a particular photo from Polar Express and showed him making the smirky smile, the same one that she made, and it was really funny. So if you haven't seen that, uh, I'll put a link on my U Insider newsletter. You can get a copy of that Insider newsletter every Wednesday in your email box. Just go to Deseret.com, subscribe. We have lots of fun stuff every week. Thank you, Jody. Appreciate it. Again, we want to thank everybody for listening today. We want to thank our sponsor, Mr. Mac. Need a suit? Go see Mr. Mac. Locations all over the valley. We want to thank Richie Stedman and Ryan McDonald for sitting in and, and directing traffic here today. And most of all, we just want to let you know that we will talk to you later. 